Hello, hello, and welcome back to our latest episode of the Inspire Club podcast. You've got me again, it's Ruth Dance from Inspiring Workplaces. Excited for today's episode. We've got an amazing guest today, Perrine Fark, who is the front woman of Inspired Human. She's an incredible woman. We actually had the honour of her speak, uh, speaking as one of our storytellers at the first Inspire City event around the world, which took place in London on the 30-something floor. We had incredible views, incredible storytellers, and she talked to us about inclusion and why it's so important for businesses. She's one of the most influential women in tech. She's a TED, TEDx speaker and um, a best-selling author of a book that came out this year titled Inclusion. Um, she is um, a mother like me to two young children and juggles all of this with the incredible work she's doing, speaking, running workshops, consulting and helping organisations around the world to be more inclusive. Perrine, welcome. Hello. How are you? Oh, hello, Ruth. What an introduction. And I can say all the things you've said about me all back to you. I mean, you're also juggling three children and the amazing work you're doing. So um, I'm very honored to be here today. Thanks for having me, Ruth. Oh, uh, it's uh, it's the highlight of my week recording podcasts with inspirational people around the world. Um, and I'm really, really excited. And your subject and your topic and what you specialize in inclusion is so important right now. Before we get started with me asking some questions so we can find out a bit more about who Perrine is, um, why why inspired human like you've you you've been running that now for four years right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and then and then wrote a book and brought that out this year why what what was what's why <laughs> why um yeah good question to start um I, i've i've worked in technology software for the last tw- 10 years uh i've worked in b2b technology b2b software vendor for the last 10 plus years and um, as a woman in technology, I often could not see people who looked like me in senior leadership positions, especially as I rose to more senior leadership positions myself. I was often the only woman in the room, uh, the only mother in the room. And uh, that led to all sorts of, sorts of experiences. It was quite hard sometimes to juggle being the only woman in the room, the only mom in the room. And I just that experience I thought surely there is a better way. I want to change this. I would love to go to a workplace that looks diverse from a gender perspective, ethnic background perspective, age perspective, and just beyond the visible diversity, but you can be yourself and be accepted for who you are. You don't have to kind of fit the you know a box. You don't have to, to be like everybody else. So that's what led me to create Inspired Human. I'm very, very passionate about creating places where you can go to work and feel psychologically safe and you can feel not relaxed but you can feel you don't have that level of you have to be an imposter of someone else so that's why that's why I do what I do I basically I want to create I want to help organizations create places where people don't have to experience what I've experienced just have a great great experience at work amazing so a negative experience led you to create something where you were going out and inspiring others and creating these inclusive workplaces that's 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 incredible I it it leads me on to my first question really I mean I've already asked you why are you doing it but my first question is our only rule of inspire club we have one rule of inspire club and our only rule of this of inspire club is can you share a story of someone who has inspired you along the way 
Absolutely. When I started working for one of the many tech companies I worked at, um, I had the very, I was very lucky to have a mentor uh, who was actually happened to be a man. Uh, she happened to be a straight white man. Um, and he was really just the most amazing mentor I've ever had. To this day, he's still my mentor. And he just, I mean, he, it's hard to describe, but when he would come into our office back in the days when I really went to the office, you know, five days <laughs> Remember a week, those days? <laughs> <laughs> he would literally, and I'm not making this up, I mean, he would literally come into the office, open the doors, and just the atmosphere was just immediately kind of better. I mean, he would come in, the big smile on his face, and say hello to everybody, and look at everybody in the eyes. We, we were maybe 40 people in this open space. He would really come to kind of each one and say hi whatever Corinne how are you today hi Chidu how are you today hi John how are you today how was your evening just and it's a small thing but he would literally do that every single day regardless of which mood he was in regardless of what struggles and challenges he might have had with the train in the morning or he might have at home he would always bring himself and he would always you know he I would say he had an open door policy, but he, he didn't have an op open door policy because we were all in the same op office, open space. He was with us, but he was just, and he was a senior a leader. He was just one of those people that when they come into a room, they make you feel important. They make you feel like you matter. They make you feel appreciated. And they just, you know, you see them and they just want to do whatever. Like you just want to do whatever for them because they're really, and it was not fake, by the way. It was genuine. It was all very genuine. I mean, and just that's my story that with this, and his name is Steve, that's my story with this leader, this mentor who was always there for me, who always cared about me and the other people and anyone, by the way, for that matter. And was generally just his genuine, genuine care for other people made him that amazing mentor, which made me think, I want to be like him or we, if only we could all be like him, the world would be a better place. And so that's my story of how he inspired me and he still inspires me to be the best person I can be and to create other versions of him in other people. Um, that's the kind of story that I want to share with you today. That's incredible. We, um, we're just uh, coming to come to the end of our Inspiring Leaders nominations and Inspiring Leaders awards. And it's people like Steve, people who are totally, truly authentic who, like you say, light up a room, whether that's virtually or wherever it is. Um, I call them radiators. You might have other terms for them, but people that heat other people up in the, in the right way. Um, and that, that's incredible. Steve, if you're listening, you've made a huge impact on Perrine's life. <laughs> he knows. Just... I keep telling him he knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's now official on Inspire Club, yeah. Steve. <laughs> um, Perrine, what drives you? You've talked a little bit about why I asked you why you set up Inspired Human why you've written your book and, and you know you've talked a bit about that kind of negative experience when you worked in the world of tech but what drives you now on a daily basis what's your why your my why it's a great question um it's basically I think it and it's something that all the listeners can probably relate to it's when I've had that kind of negative experience and that all of us have had at some point in our lives that, you know, a negative experience and it's, it was, you know, so bad that I want, I don't want this to happen to anyone else. Basically it's, you know, and you know, how, when you turn a negative to a positive, that's what I'm doing is I would love basically what drives me. I would love to 
you know, live in, the wo- in a world where people can go to work with kind of no kind of anxiety through the roof or stress or uh, have to prove themselves or, uh, you know, unrealistic demands and just be themselves and feel valued and respected for what they bring to the table. It's, it's a very simple thing, but I would, you know, what drives me, what's my why is I want to create a world where people just go to work and they don't, they feel appreciated. They, regardless of, you know, they might make a mistake or they might get something wrong, like we all do, but regardless, they will be appreciated in their team, you know, in that kind of environment and work environment. I think that's something, it's kind of a basic human right, just going to an office and feel like you are appreciated regardless of things you might do. Um, I think it's kind of a basic uh, human thing create a humane more humane workplace essentially yeah absolutely we've got children the same age right yours are six and four mine are five and one and um I dread to think what technology they'll be using when they're teenagers but I really hope that when they step into the workplace it there's this conversation of creating these humane workplaces you can just be yourself and bring yourself to work is it's just like a given I, I hope I hope I mean otherwise what are we all doing right now you know, I really, I really, I really, really hope. Um, and that's, that's an incredible purpose that you've got there. Um, we talked a little bit about um, priorities and, you know, this, this being a need. I'm going to make a guess that you think inclusion is a priority right now. But is it? And, and why do you think it is? And is it here to stay? Yeah, so it's a great question. The, the priority, I think, from a workplace perspective there are, of course, you know, we need diversity and inclusion, but why? I'd say gender gap is still in a, a big priority. When I, this morning, I posted on social media a stat from a McKinsey report, um, and it said that <clears throat> uh, since COVID, uh, is women have, it's 54% of women have lost their job when they only make up 39% of the workforce. So in other words, women were or are 1.8 times more likely to lose their job. So, and the thing when we talk about gender gap is that people have a perception that it's an old story. Like, we're, come on, we live in 2021. Why are we still talking about gender gap? Why are we still talking about, come on, you know, women have access to work, you know, women are CEOs. But the, the first obstacle to tackling this gender gap that is still existing is acknowledging it exists. Because um, when we, you know, study after study and research after stu- research demonstrate that women's perception of the gender gap is that it pretty much doesn't really exist. But when we ask women, they say, yes, it exists. So there is the perception gap, which in itself is demonstrating that there is a lack of awareness education. Yes, in 2021, yes, in the UK, yes, it still exists. That Yes, in your own organization, you know, sexism and conscious bias is still there. So that's definitely one priority right now but also as the workplace is going through a revolution so first the introduction of email was email in the workplace was a huge revolution kind of 1971 but then the introduction of cloud adoption was a huge change now i believe we're going through a third revolution which is hybrid work and remote work and all companies are trying to figure this thing out they don't know how to manage a team remotely in hybrid work so and i believe that by putting culture back at the heart of everything we do by putting inclusion and empathy at the, at the heart of everything we do that's going to help us navigate this third revolution of the workplace which is the hybrid workplace so it's a long answer to your question but i think that the, the priority right now in the workplace is to 
focus on the culture, getting the culture right in hybrid work and remote work, and also realize that the gender gap has actually pretty much been impacted again by COVID and we need to readdress that as well. Yeah, it absolutely has. We we um, reported on that and discussed that and created ebooks on that recently. We ran the um, Global Inspirathon nearly a year ago now in, in the midst of COVID. And we heard from speakers all around the world in a 24-hour period. And I don't think in each hour we went around the world during that, the subject of women being negatively impacted because of the pandemic more than men um didn't come up it was such a pertinent subject and it is not just in the uk it is all over the world and in some countries much worse um and yeah it's really interesting you talk about this we're going through this third revolution you're right it was coming covid maybe accelerated it but it was coming but how do we go through that putting culture right at the heart of that and the people first will not only help you get through it, but probably be the deciding factor of whether the business survives or not after it. So yeah, really, really interesting. Thank you, Perrine. Um, any advice you've ever been given from anyone um, in the past? What was it? Could you think of anything? Yeah, there is definitely, and it's related to the workplace and the work of inclusion. And it's very basic as, as often it's, it's really the, the simple things that are the most powerful, I believe is um the best advice I was given, it's around empathy and putting yourself in the other person's shoes. What does that mean is, you know, when you have maybe a conflict or a difference in opinion with someone being in the workplace or maybe outside of the workplace and you, you have a conversation and clearly there is a, there is a conflict, people are not, you're not in agreement. The best advice I was given is to put myself in either other person's shoes. What does that mean? That means genuinely seeing the world through their eyes but authentically because actually when you do this it's super powerful you just understand where they're coming from you understand what they're trying to say you understand their experience and what led them to believe what they believe today and it allows you to have a more contextual vision of what's happening in your conversation but it also allows you to create to create empathy and to find those common grounds because one thing I'm convinced is you can speak to the most kind of I guess person who's got the most extreme opinions compared to yours but there is always you will always always find common ground if you look for it be it something like we both care about our families or we we both want to achieve uh peace or whatever it is you'll find common ground so if you the best advice i was given is to put myself in the other person's shoes and see the world through their eyes and find common ground it's actually really powerful in finding that common ground and that base where you can start then the conversation and rather than trying to argue because arguing or trying to make your point come across is actually never never kind of fruitful it's not even if from a factual perspective you might be right but really at the end of the day you want to influence others rather than force you know your way through so but the best way to influence others is to genuinely understand where they're coming from put yourself in their shoes find some common ground and take it from there. That's the best advice I was given. That is amazing advice. And Perrine, you 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 sound like an amazing relationship coach right now as well. <laughs> it's such it's such important advice and it's so hard to follow at times when someone has such a different view or opinion to yours. You think it's wrong, 
rather than understanding, like you say, what are their motives? What's their intent? Where's that come from? What are their belief systems, upbringing, culture, etc. Really, really useful advice. Thank you. Um, you, your husband, you work so much, you're running businesses, you have written a book, you've got two young children. Um, you, you, what do you do? How do you, how do you do this? Is, do you have any stress beating tactics? Yes, I do. I do. Go on, share them with us. Um, you know, and you won't be surprised, but you know, yoga and meditation and mind, mindfulness really helps. Um, I've recently gotten into yoga and it's just, honestly, it's just kind of a life changer, just and I've never really done yoga before, <laughs> but really when I do, to, when I go to a yoga class after that, I feel like my whole mind and body is just completely, I'm, I'm on a little cloud and, um, even meditation. I mean, I'm, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. I have to, I have to meditate, you know, or I have to go to yoga, dear Lord. I don't feel like, I don't feel like meditating. I don't feel like going to yoga. And then once I do that after like, oh, actually I feel so much better. So, and even mindfulness is meaning when I feel my body or my, I feel becoming stressed about something or a situation or something, I can see myself be, becoming in that state. I recognize, I recognize the state I'm in. So then I make a conscious decision to change my state. And how do I do that? I start with my breathing, being more conscious about my breathing and then my whole body and my, my posture and the tension in my body and my arms and my neck and my shoulders. And just close my eyes for a few seconds um, and then think about what state do I want to be in right now. And I think I want to be in a state of you know, relaxation or serenity. And it really works. So those little things of being mindful and yoga meditation sounds cliche, but it really works for me. Yeah, even with two screaming children running around the house. I do it in the morning before they wake up because otherwise it wouldn't be possible. <laughs> good, that is a good time to do it. My, mine wake up at 5am so um, I'm still waiting for them to sleep a little bit longer so that I can get some get some like deal with myself first yes of course um, yeah. No, yeah we'll we'll get there we'll get there you're a few years ahead of me with the children <laughs> um what do you think we talked about Steve the truly authentic light up a room leader who was there for everyone do do you think that that is what is the most important quality in a leader are there any other qualities you you think are important in leadership yeah it's a hard one because if i had to answer with just one i'd struggle because it's almost you know i kind of at the same level comes listening uh, you know listening active listening listening for the intent of listening not for the intent of responding really listening is a huge one but that comes with empathy we just touched on that meaning putting yourself in the other person's shoes but you know, when I think about Steve again, it's like if, if, what's the one thing that described him that made him be the amazing leader he was and he is? I think is, um, I think it's putting himself after others. So basically, what that means is that he generally always put other people first, but not because he was that sort of you know charity driven or you know ch charitable driven person. But I think he generally cared about other people. And the amazing thing is that by doing that then people would do anything for him. He didn't even ask for it. So, you know, so although he was super senior and like job title, etc., double VP of something, when I came to him, he was always there. Like, you know, he would, regardless of how busy he was, etc., he was there. And he was like, his, his go-to question is, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? And so when someone comes to you constantly with the default, how can I help you? You literally want to do anything for them. 
And so um, to answer your question, what's the most important quality in the leader? Uh, I'll say putting the others first, but generally, not in a non-genuine way, but in a genuine way. And with that comes the listening and with that comes the empathy. So it's all really linked. I don't know which one comes first, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a really difficult skill, particularly in the workplace when even leaders have targets to hit and their own job to do. It's a difficult skill to constantly put other people first and not think about your own needs and wants and targets and desires. Uh, But a very good skill once you... Once you manage to practice that, because like you say, people will then do anything you want and you then start to see the results. And like we keep saying, it's so cliche, it's so obvious. Put people, put other people first and you'll see the results happen. And you don't even, you don't even need to do the work yourself. That's the funny thing about what I do is like, because what I do essentially, I, I just remind people of what they already know. They Deep down, they're already in all these things, but really learning is the process of, and I, you know that because you teach that through your work is, reminding people what they already know uh, and really the most powerful thing coming in the, in the most simple uh, act but doing kind of done consistently so you know if you want to change the world or if you want to change your workplace don't start by avoiding the ocean but really start with the simple basic thing of saying hello to your coworker, how are you today and how can I help you and that's how you're going to change your organization so yeah I agree with what you just said but practicing it doing it every day when you're inconsistent and you, you know, I remember like years ago, we'd be sitting in the office, wherever it was, and we'd be like, oh, that person's been on a training course. <laughs> you <laughs> could tell that their behavior like changed, but then give it a week and they'd revert back to their old ways. It, it, it's the same for all of us. We often can have the best intent and we can learn new skills or be reminded, like you say, of skills that we already know are important. But it's being consistent, consistently being honest and having bad days, but being honest about having bad days, but consistently uh, trying and and putting other people um, before you. Absolutely. I'd love to talk a little bit about your book. Our listeners right now can't can't see it but I can see you've got a beautiful stack of books behind you Corinne. um inclusion what what motivated you to write it and what what did you learn in the process yeah Two questions. Um, I'm sorry you can no it's good it's all they're all they're all connected what motivated me to write I always always wanted to write a book um and it's the first of many by the way <laughs> um I've always wanted to write a book I just know it's just a book in my opinion is one powerful way to share a message beyond a keynote beyond a workshop beyond an article or a blog or a newsletter or social media it kind of stays it's a bit has more kind of time with it and some people consume books more than they would read an email or a blog for example and it's also more comprehensive than blog so that's one is i always wanted to do that Uh, two i reached a point where i thought i had enough content and ideas to share and what did I learn in the process? Um, I actually loved it because as you write the book, you just dig deeper into the topic and you read more things and you do more research and you fine-tune everything. So it was a great learning curve. Um, so I loved it, yeah. Was it was it what you expected going into it? Um, I didn't even know what I expected. I, I didn't expect anything actually because I'd never done it before. So, but I love the process because I was lucky to work with an editor who I really loved. I mean, I had a great relationship with my publisher. We worked together. I mean, I obviously I was writing the manuscript and I 
you know, I had some feedback on the, on the, you know, the way, the structure. I just had a great experience. And I just, as soon as we'd finished, I, I remember thinking, I want to write another one. <laughs> so I loved it so much. Yeah. And, and who, and who, who should buy it? Um, I'd say, you know, really it's for any professional who wants to learn how to become an inclusive leader. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be HR, HR professional. It doesn't have to be learning and development professional. It can be an entrepreneur who maybe has a small company and they want to create a really great place to work. It could be the CEO of a large, you know, FTSE 100 company and they really want to transform their workplace. They care about that. It could be a manager of a team of two or a manager of a team of 15. Um, anyone who works in the workplace, you know, small or big, uh, who has a position of influence or might not. You know, it could be, like I often say, it could be a, an individual contributor in a team who just, you know, started their first job, but they really want to make an impact because uh, it's practical and it tells you, you know, what steps you can follow to create a more inclusive workplace. You don't need to be a CEO of a FTSE 100 company to make a difference. You can be an individu individual contributor in a, in a small organization as long as you want to make a difference. So it is for any professional in the workplace who wants to create a more inclusive workplace and who wants to become a more inclusive leader themselves. Wow, that is exactly the same audience as our in, in, in community of inspirers, people around the world who want to change the world through the world of work. You don't have to be. And let's not all rely on our CEOs to change our workplaces. Like we've all got a part to play in that. Yeah, which is why when I when I actually when I when I met your when I came across your organization, I thought you know the name inspiring workplaces and the name of my organization is Inspired Human, and I thought you know the reason I think why we came up with those names of inspiring workplaces or inspired human, you know we have the same vision. We want to create workplaces where people are inspired. So which is why the name I think there is so much alignment in our mission. Which you know I'm not surprised to hear what you just said about your community. Absolutely. You've talked you've talked quite a bit, Perrine, about stepping in other people's shoes and having a real empathy for other people. If you could step in someone else's shoes for just one day and do their job, is, is there anyone? Is there any role you'd like to do? Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question, by the way. Um, do you know, I would love to be a full-time author. I mean, I'm, I'm an author and I'm actually um, in the process of writing my second book. But um, I would love to do this full time, just, you know, full time, just wake up in the morning and just write all day and then wake up the next morning and write all day and do nothing else. Just being an author full time. That would be, that would be awesome. But, and I'm doing that, but I'm doing other things as well. <laughs> so I'd love to just be an author full time. And you've got, yeah, I feel like I've got the perfect Instagrammable picture of you sitting in some cabin over a lake somewhere with your yeah that's laptop. my dream yeah just going away for a few few days no distraction no you know maybe no internet connection just writing my book you know that would be amazing yeah oh <laughs> I'd love to have no internet connection for a day and also no mummy mummy <laughs> <laughs> as well um if you were a teacher I mean, you kind of do teach, you share an awful lot in, in helping to change the world of work. But if you were a teacher, what would you teach? Um, this is a difficult one, but um, I think I'll definitely teach soft skills, which actually it's funny how they're called soft skills, but they're actually the hardest ones to yeah. to, to nail, like you know, over hard skills is so teaching how to be em empathetic, teaching how to 
communicate in an efficient way, in a way that's, uh, that helps bring people together. Um, so just teaching all the soft skills that we all need as human beings, uh, because that's the funny thing. At school, we teach a lot of hard skills like math, English, you know, geography, history, which are helpful. But I think, you know, as, a, as an adult, to navigate life, you need to re be really good at the, the soft skills, like the, how to be a human with other humans. And that's really, really hard. And you need it in the workplace. So I'll definitely teach all the soft skills on how to be with humans and the human psycho psychology, etc. which I think we all need that. You're so right. My, you know, my son's in school now, my oldest son, and he's not learning anything around communication or really authentic, active listening with the intent of listening, like you say. He's not, I mean, he's still young, but... The education system hasn't really changed over the years and we're not learning these human skills which are like you say the hardest skills of all to learn and the ones that really do set you apart when you get into the workplace and when you get into grown-up life um they are really the ones so i'll, I'll be your co-teacher at the front of the classroom and <laughs> i would love that you'd be great i've seen you i've seen you in the flesh teaching you'll be great <laughs> <laughs> are you uh well you're a mother so i think i know the answer to this already but are you an early bird or a night owl easy early bird we're getting very very early at the crack of dawn one because i like it it started because i had young children and i wanted my me time in the morning before they wake up and i love my uninterrupted breakfast so i would rather sacrifice sleep to have my uninterrupted breakfast and then it became a habit and then I just enjoy, now I enjoy, I look forward to being up before everybody else and doing my things, everything I need to do, catch up with, you know, emails or whatever. So that when I, when the people wake up, I've done, you know, all the things I wanted to do. So I love that. You're ready for the world. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I'm up early before the world. So I'm ready for the world when they arrive. That is amazing. That is amazing. I still get woken up by other people, um, mainly, my, mainly my three boys, but yeah. Um, right, the one the one song that we need from you that really the one song that if you really needed firing up and your yoga and your meditation and your coffee and everything else hadn't done it the one song that really fires you up that can go onto our Inspire Club um, playlist. Yeah, well, I love Happy by Farrell. I know it's very cheesy, right? It's like super cheesy, but listen, I'm just an easy you know audience. I just need I just need a beat that's gonna put me in a good mood and you know, be happy and a nice wants to dance. So anything like that, like Happy by Farrell, that, that would be my go-to song. Yes, and I don't think that's on our playlist yet, and it absolutely should be. So um, of everyone we've interviewed so far, that one's not come up. I mean, there's definitely been some peculiar ones that I've certainly not come across. Um, but yeah, that will be added to the playlist. Thanks, Corrine. Um, and what about your favourite film? Oh, this is a very difficult one. Listen, again, I have some very cheesy, cheesy tastes. So forgive me for my super, very, like, very cheesy tastes. Um, I apologize in advance. I mean, that movie I've watched probably 15 times and I keep watching it. Um, it's uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> Step Brothers with uh, Will Ferrell. And, you know, it's, I don't know if you've seen it. It's an yeah. Ameri American comedy about like two grown-up men who are maybe in their 40s and they still live with their moms and dads and it's just very like you know super cheesy I love it because it's it's just easy to watch you know comedy and when I need something to cheer me up I'm gonna watch that movie and I'm gonna feel it in a better mood afterwards yes we all need a bit of cheese we all need something to lighten up sometimes there's so many like 
murder documentaries and things like that on Netflix at the moment that exactly. we, we do need a cheer up song and a cheer up film that really gets inspires us and makes us happy what about well this this my next question actually goes in the opposite direction but is there something you've done that you would never do again um something I've done I would never do again um oh yeah definitely like for example <laughs> I'm just laughing do you know I've done in the past, when I was a very young uh, employee, replying to an email when you're angry. Do not do that. <laughs> do not. Do not reply to an email when you're angry. Um, I think we all receive emails that upset us in some way, whether it's at work. But And I've done the mistake of, you know, replying to an email when I was in an angry state. And then I regretted it immensely. So now I've learned that moving forward, when there is an email that upsets me, just leave it. Just go to sleep and then the next day with a fresh mind you will you'll be able to reply a better response yeah I think we've all done that and then we've gone <laughs> oh no how do I get it back how do I get it back if we can't get it back and how do I recall it and no exactly yeah yeah there's, there's less recalling anymore and and you reply in a way that you wouldn't if you were in the flesh and I think yeah of course so, yeah we were like the early email adopters I guess and we didn't we, you know, we just thought, well, I can hide behind this. I'll just send it back and it's not, yeah, yeah, well. It's the anonymity of emails, yeah. Yeah, great, great, great advice. Um, best place in the world you've visited? It's a hard one to answer. I mean, there are so many, I mean, honestly, I really think every place is beautiful. Just, you know, really, I mean, you can find the beauty in every place. So it's really hard to answer. Um, look, I'm French. Uh, I'm not from Paris. I'm from Dijon, but... When I go to Paris, I know it's, it's the cliche, and it's Paris is so romantic, but it really is. And it's because I'm not from there. I'm really not from Paris at all. So when I go there, I'm, I'm literally a tourist. I'm, I am. I'm a tourist in Paris. And I'm just always struck by the architecture, you know, the history. There is, it's just beautiful. So it just, it's lovely to walk down the street. But, you know, there, it's one of the many, many gorgeous places in the world. So, yeah. I love Paris. I have lots of family that live there. And I love the beauty of where we're located I live in the south of England and um pre-children I used to say to my husband let's just get in the car and drive to Paris for the weekend and we would and it was so easy and quick we're so lucky and it's so, it, you're right the architecture and the the culture and everything is so beautiful but I love France as well I, I, they're, like, they're like two even though Paris is the capital of France they're like two different places yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they're they're um, they're amazing. Oh, you make me want to get in the car. Come on, kids, <laughs> we're going to France for the weekend. It is I know. Really beautiful. Um, and my final question for you, Perrine, is who would you like to see on a future episode of Inspire Club podcast? Okay, um, there is a person that comes to mind. Um, her name is Gemma Adder. She's a dear friend of mine, but also she runs her own consultancy. It's a marketing consultancy. She's been working in tech for many, many years. She's honestly, she's one of the people that inspires me most because she is just positive and always cheering people up. Like talking about leaders and people who put others before themselves, that's her. She's always putting others before herself. She's super inspiring. She just goes above and beyond. She's like your best friend. Like you would like to have her as your best friend. <laughs> um, so she does wonders in the workplace by creating really inspiring workplaces, but also outside of the workplace. She's just an amazing person. So yeah, Gemma Adair from uh, Riada Consultancy. 
Thank you. Gemma, I'm coming for you. <laughs> and my final my final request from you is someone who has been listening to you and they are right, yeah, I really understand the importance. We need to really work on our making sure our cultures are inclusive and that we're not giving um, anyone the experiences that Perrine had before she started Inspired Human. Where should they start? Yeah, look, um what I'll say is if if they go on my website, so it's perinfark.com, it's my first and last name.com, perinfark.com, there are different resources they can use. So if on the homepage, they can, I think they get the link to my book. I think it's on the homepage. There's a link to get my book if they want to read the book. Uh, there is also a blog, a blog post. That I try to keep as active as possible and post as often as possible. And I talk about different topics. So I think they will definitely find a few blogs there that will be relevant to them regardless of their function. Um... If they wish to subscribe to my newsletter, I also write share a ton of content on my newsletter that's different from my blog. So if they want like additional tips on inclusion, they're going to find that on my newsletter. Or they could even follow me on social media because also what I share on my social media, on my LinkedIn or Twitter is also, again, it's going to be different from what I share on my blog or on my YouTube channel. So I think if they go on my website, if there are visual people, they can just go on my YouTube channel and just watch videos. If there are more... Uh, they like to read, I'd say maybe the blog post would be the, a good place. Or if they just want like a quick daily tip, I'd say social media. But on my website, they'll find all those different resources and they can pick and choose the one they prefer. So just get started. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Perina. It's been so lovely to see you again and to all our listeners to listen to you. And I've learned so much about you, but also it's really great to go a bit more de- into a bit more detail about around your book and around what led you to get to where you are you've really inspired me to continue practicing and really push myself for the rest of the week and beyond around kind of putting myself really in other people's shoes so um thank you for that and um I'm sure I'm going to be a much more pleasant wife and mother (laughs) as a result so yeah thank you and to all of our listeners it'd be great to hear about anything you've learned from listening to Perrine today and um, if you need her contact details or you need anything then do get in touch but Perrine thank you for joining us in the Inspire Club. Ruth thank you for having me it's always a pleasure and uh, likewise I always learn from you when I see you so thanks for having me oh thank you and thanks to all our listeners and stay tuned we'll have another episode coming out very shortly